Welcome to today's episode of Let Me Be Brief. I'm your co-host, Andy Rieger, joined this morning by Matt Basinger. The one and only. Matt, are you drinking vodka? Uh, yep. It's a blueberry pomegranate variety today. Wow. Yep. That's that's exceptional. Yeah. Uh, it's really weird to drink vodka at 6.30 in the morning. Uh, we're in the Let It Fly Media Studios, uh, joined by Miss Jackie Wise of M-Prize Bank. Our guest today is TJ Jolly. TJ is the founder of Integrity Capital Management. TJ, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. We were catching up a little bit before. You're not a Kansas City native. No. Tell me about, let's just start with what brought you to Kansas City. Uh, what brought me to Kansas City is um, a job in the lumber industry. Okay. So uh, I touched down in Kansas City 329-2009, 11.43 a.m. Okay. And um, came here to run a, a lumber facility um, in Pleasant Hill, Missouri. Um, my former boss told me a story. So I was coming to Kansas City, but it was Pleasant Hill, Missouri, which is drastically different. Uh, and came here and um, came here, single guy, planted my roots and um, ended up just staying. So how do you get from running a lumber yard to being the founder of what you're doing now? Um, you know, it's, it's funny how sometimes the Lord order your steps. Um, the reality is I came here a single guy, um, ended up meeting my wife, uh, who's an engineer and, uh, got married. And as we closing on a, a property, the broker approached me, asked, Hey, have you ever thought about property management? So I was under the perception that, you know, he knew the full scale of, you know, property management. And I was really feeling very confident because I uh, had finished my MBA. So I was you know, a little cocky. Like, yeah, you know, I could put something together. So I put a brief business plan together, presented it to him, and he's like, great, you got your first customer. And literally just got to grind it, man, just build it from scratch, just understand the aspect of um, how to look at the property, how to acquire it, how to manage it, and put these processes in place. And I guess um, the manufacturing piece with um, with the lumber industry helped me understand how to put processes in place in order to, you know, handle properties. So what does Integrity Capital Management do? Yeah. Right, The softball question, you know? Yeah. So um, Integrity Capital Management is a, a full-scale property management company, and we handle every aspect of property from um, leasing. We can help on acquisition, um, get it tinted up all your maintenance issues. Um, basically, we're, we're a representation of owners that want to invest in real estate, so we make it easy. Where do you guys focus your property? Sort of walk us through how you started, how you found your first property, what you look for in properties, investors, do you get bank loans with the Emprise banks of mm -hmm. the world? Sort of just walk us through really what your bread and butter is. Yeah, so, you know, the, the reality is um, when I originally started, um, you know, I was managing one property for three years. <laughs> and off that one property, I, I understood how to put some processes in place. With this particular investor, um, at that time, I didn't understand the truth divide because I wasn't from here. Um, but after really understanding how that worked um, and seeing how property values went down when you went east and went up when you went west, um, you know, me and that particular investor start uh, focusing in on going east. So um, really focus around the Rockhurst, uh, UNKC area. So one of the second acquisitions were uh, was in, on Lydia. Right. So, you know, 
we kind of was focusing on students. But the one thing I kind of understood after um, seeing their portfolio grow is that I could never really get into this thing full time unless I own my own properties. Um, I remember um, a couple a couple investors down the road, you know, I'm sitting down with my CPA and um, I said, man, we handed over 175K and they don't know how to open the door. <laughs> and with property management, you only get a percentage of the deal. That's it. So, um, you know, I, I really convinced my, my wife, who is not a risk taker at all. She's not. Um, I had to ask her, I said, hey, can I pull a HELOC on the home in order to start investing? And, um, you know, I don't know if you guys are married, but the reality is uh, what you it's a dumb idea if I'm saying it. So I. Uh, what? Yeah. That's that's no. how we're going to be marital lessons <laughs> with TJ today. That's how it works. But um, I had a I had a good friend um, named Debbie Swearinger. And there's something about when you bring an outside source to the table. So we went to lunch and when Debbie said it, it worked. It was like, oh, OK, thank you. So was um, it on a Thursday. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. No, it was not on a Thursday. It was. I think it was a Wednesday, actually. But uh, pulling that fifty thousand out, um, I decided to go even deeper. So I went to a, a community called Blue Hills, and Blue Hills is literally across the Paseo. You know, um, really going deep east. And what I what I understood about that is that if I can get ahead of the the curve or the, um, I guess for lack of better words, respecting properties, um, I understood the aspect of acquisition and then doing a rehab. Um, but to answer your, your question directly is that one thing you have to focus in on honing is that overall process of doing it. Um, it's one thing to acquire a property, but can you actually get a rehab? And you're looking at somebody that had been through every aspect of being ripped off by a con tractor emphasis on con. <laughs> I apologize for the contractors of the world, but the industry is just built that way. So I, I end up having to focus in on that aspect of building my own team out in order to protect um, my overall investment. And once once I understood the aspect of acquiring a property, getting it tinted up, you know, one thing it took me a while to figure out is how to put that good debt in place in order to um, move on. And so for a couple of years, I was stuck. You know, I was stuck with two or three properties, collecting rent. I thought I was doing the right thing. Um, and I was doing the right thing, but I didn't understand. I really wanted to scale this after I, I figured th those things out. So um, I, I started really understanding the birth strategy, you know, buy, rehab, rent, refire, repeat. Um, I understand with some banks, uh, you know, that's kind of like that refile word doesn't feel right. But one thing I'm able to prove each time I come to the table that I have 100 percent of my skin in the game. I have no help. Um, from uh, any um, hard money lenders or anything like that. Um, I'm using my own capital on every deal. So one thing I understand about when partnering with a bank is that I, ha I have to understand that it's a partnership. We're partnering. So if this deal goes south, we both going to hurt. It, when we win, we all going to win together. So I always try to show in, in detail through, you know, my rent rolls, documentation, the aspect of how I have the skin in the game. And I stand by, by my product because I'm a long time holder. You know, I hold the properties a long time. So I'm just not a fly by night type of deal. So understand that aspect and just continue trying to scale the portfolio. So so two business mm. businesses that you have roped into one. Yeah. You have real estate investing yeah. and you have property management. Yeah. So, I mean, they two separate entities. Um, 
uh, I am a customer, you know, Jolly Associates is a customer of Integrity Capital Management. Because um, my, my question specifically is, yeah. does Integrity Capital Management, is that, act, that sorry, that's mm. the uh, property, property management. management. That's correct. You have customers outside of yes. TJ's personal investments. That's correct. Okay. Yeah. Great. Yeah. And we, and they, they totally, uh, we manage their, their properties and, and, um, basically just kind of grooming the ways that we know. And that includes both single family houses and apartments. Yeah. Multifamilies. Um, so right now it's approximately a little bit under 300 doors. Nice. Wow. Yeah. So what we haven't talked about is the years other than the, the date to the minute that you touched down, talk us through kind of the growth. You started with the one you had it for a couple of years, then you had three, you were kind of stuck there. 300 doors. I mean, it's a, pretty significant change from where you're at. What did that season look like where you grew it from what it was to what it is? And, and the reality is like, you know, on the property management side, the perception is that it's money to be made on a property management side. But the reality is anybody that knows property management, you're just blessed to break even every year. Um, you, you know, what I, I know what property management is and I use it to house, house my staff, um, support, uh, the things that I, I'm doing as far as acquisition, I look at property management as a lead generator. So the reality is I understand that um, you never could be a million, 300 doors might sound like a lot, but it's, that's nothing compared to, you know, uh, the rest of the market. But I understand that's going to be a lead generator. So I can, I know when somebody needs to sell, I know when someone needs to buy, I can create my own customer base. It's almost like if you know anything about roofing, it's no, it's no margins on um, the shingles, right? But the margins is everything that you have to have to build a roof, the plywood and everything. So that's why I look at property management as. So, um, so it, it, it was, it's, it's, it's a, it's a slow, it was a slow build because I've been at this since, um, you know, 2013. So, you know, it's, it, it, it still don't feel like I'm where I want to be. But the reality is that um, I was very intentional on how I wanted to build the property management arm out because I strategically, I can't work with slum, slum lords. I need to work with someone that really wants to take care of the property, um, do what needs to be, take care of the end user, whether it's the tenant, and um, do right by the property. So I never really put myself out there as, um, you know, advertising. It's been like word of mouth strategically. So that's why it was a slow build. Where do you, you said you're not where you want to be. Yeah. Where do you want to be? Um, I want to be more in a place where I'm working solely on the business and not in the business. I think that's, that's the best place to be for the simple fact that I can focus more on scaling. But right now I have to wear two hats. I have to wear a hat of trying to figure out operations, sometimes jump on the front lines with tenants. Um, you wear all these multiple hats. So I, 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 you know, prayerfully I can scale the business enough where I can, um, actually have a full service accounting department, right? And I don't have to keep jumping in there. Um, and and I, I hope to be in a place where uh, I could just be a better steward, you know, uh, build out more capacity because I'm real serious. I know a lot of people want to talk about it, but I'm real passionate about affordable housing um, because everybody deserves a place to live. You know, I, I my motivation is my kids. I look at my son run free in a house, right? And that's where everything starts, right there at home. And I think every kid deserves that. So you're sort of talking about business lessons a little bit mm -hmm. when you're talking about in versus on, on versus in, how you're working with the business <clears throat> to a whole different set of investing. 
you're used to investing in real estate. That's investing in people. Yes. Where are you sort of at in that process for making that big leap, that, that change from this is TJ's business through and through, you know, every single bit of paper that rolls through there, every single dollar, every single penny to, oh, everyone paid on time this month. Oh, that's great. That's why I didn't know about it because it was just as my, it should team, be. my team took care of it and it operated normally. And it's a big, it's a big leap. I mean, yeah. I, both of us have, have done it. I mean, where are you sort of at with saying, yeah, that, that time is now within the next three years. How are you really looking at sort of building out an entire office more or less to allow you to go out and just build this thing? Yeah, I mean, I think about it every day. You know, I'm up every morning at 4.15 um, because I, I can't help but to just think, focus on operations. Like, how do I create this process that I can plug and play and put people in? I'm also in a unique situation of my team is small, but we mighty, but it's a, it's, it's personable, right? It's a real personal. So like Tiffany, that runs the front office. Um, Tiffany was one of the first people I met when I moved to Kansas city, when I attended church, um, volunteered with the youth group and she was um, a mentor with them and got a real close relationship. And then I have Tiffany's husband, right? Um, that Shane, he was, he was with the, very beginning of of when I was getting going, and it was me and him figuring out maintenance, right? And then uh, where I, I stole I stole the employee that I hired at the um, lumberyard, a guy named Jesse Hawks, and um, these people are really important to me. So I I try to approach it from an aspect is it's not me, it's us, um, because uh, you know one thing that that really bothers me uh, sometimes Tiffany calls me boss. I I don't like the word boss. <laughs> Um, I, 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 I believe in servant leadership. So as you started off, it's about people. Um, one thing I understood coming from the manufacturing world, world, you, I, I look at words closely, manufacturing, manufacturing, take care of the man so the factoring get done. So I'm 150% people focused. So the thing I have been recently working on is try to get them to understand the aspect of what we have on the line. And if we don't get certain things done, we can't eat. So really focusing in on just putting processes in place, holding people accountable, and um, really getting people involved in every aspect of the business, but know your roles. My last question is purely business-based, purely current times-based. <clears throat> We're filming this in November of 2022. Interest rates are at a level that we haven't really seen in the last decade specifically real estate interest rates. You earlier talked about your strategy of refi once you get the properties uh, fully rehabbed and leased up. How does your business model change over the next 12 to 18 months, knowing that you're in a completely different interest rate environment in being able to continue your growth trajectory or your desired growth trajectory, but being able to play into the way that unfortunately cash flow gets consumed with the way interest is gone. Yeah, I, I honestly feel um, playing it smart, you know, stay the course. I, I, re I really believe in staying the course because I guess the unique piece on what I'm doing on the rehab side is that how I'm acquiring. Um, I, my acquisition cost is, you might as well say zero because I'm doing the stuff that nobody wants to do. Um, so I, I have a little bit more room to play 
um, because how I'm acquiring them. Now, what is a challenge is, you know, prime example, when I used to, maybe I say approximately four or five years ago, when I rehabbed a home, I could look at my material list and I'd be at 16K on the material cost, right? And in the houses that I'm rehabbing, I mean, I mean everything to the studs, roof, windows. Um, now we're in an environment now where windows are 18 to 12 weeks out. Windows used to be 175, 200. Now we probably about 300 plus. Just finna a rehab over in the Ivanhoe neighborhood. And I looked at the material list and the numbers. I'm at 45K, right? So it's, it's different, but still I can make the numbers work um, because- uh, Your basis is so low. Yes, the basis is so low. So I, I'm, I'm not- I'm not too focused on, uh, I mean, I understand it's a thing, but um, as we talked about earlier, my first house was 6.5%. And um, everything everything panned out just fine. Um, it's, it's interesting how, um, you know, different outlets or media outlets, they can form an um, opinion in a matter of days, right? So... First, it was, you know, the beginning, oh, man, everything is killing and you can buy this and whatever. Um, but everybody just think like the, the 3%, the 3% we see in the 2% was a realistic thing. I think people that have, have seen, you know, the market understood what it was. It was an opportunity to scale and do some different things. But we know that wasn't going to last. We could keep going, but no. it's let me be brief, <laughs> not let me be lengthy. lengthy. <laughs> TJ, we always end with uh, a question that has nothing to do with business. Okay. What's the coolest experience that you have ever had? No family. Oh, no okay. kids. No marrying your wife. No, no. The coolest experience I ever had. Waking up every morning. You're that guy. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I, I was I was explaining to people all the time, it's almost a miracle to walk back in your door. You know, so I, I'm just, it's experience every day waking so up. So arguably this moment right now is the best experience that you've ever had. Yeah. Wow. wow. I would say, that's, I would say that's ditto. what I heard. Yes. yes. That's yeah. what I heard as well. <laughs> TJ, on behalf of Emprise Bank, Let It Fly Media Studios, the Jay Rieger and Co. Distillery in Swellspark, uh, so grateful for what you're doing in Kansas City. Uh, wish you the best of luck as you continue to grow, work on the business and not in the business. It's a tough transition. I'm still trying to figure out, uh, but excited for what you're doing and wish you the best of luck. Thank you. I appreciate you guys.